0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tatnus Podcast. Once again, as always, I am Tatnus, and I got a few announcements for you, man.
1: Alright, everyone, what's up? This is Blue, and today, um, Tatniss and I are gonna do an interview about the man behind the magic, Tatnus. So, I want to, I'll start this off by asking, uh, what made you want to start the podcast?
0: Endless fucking people telling me I need to do it, personally. I mean, You know, you get your agents, you get your fucking, you know, in MMA, you get your trainer who wants to see you branch off and do other shit and all sorts of shit like that. And, you know, it it just becomes the whole thing where you got to understand that in MMA, you can't do that shit forever. And people, you know, will question me all the time. Like, why do you fucking do the business, the clothing line, the fucking podcast, MMA, uh you know are this all all this other crazy shit and then you know my trainers asked me how do you feel about the idea of like acting at some point and i was like fuck i never thought about that but why wouldn't i That sounds like a lot of fucking fun you know people are like why do you do all this crazy shit well you work every day don't you mm,
1: you know what i'm saying yeah.
0: like you have to keep busy
1: absolutely so uh what made you want to get into mma
0: I was always, I mean, uh, growing up, uh, you know, I'm an 80s kid, man. I, I was born in 83, and I just grew up watching shit like He-Man and G.I. Joe and fucking, you know, all this shit, right? So, it was like everything I grew up with, you know, pro wrestling, all that shit, everything I grew up with, everybody, every dude was like this monstrous, muscly fucking you know larger than life character and to me i guess i just grew up thinking that's what dudes are supposed to look like and so i started to really hit the weights you know years back and fucking now i'm six five two sixty five typically and you know it just kind of became a normal transition i think that it was like i love the competitive nature of it So I just decided like, this is for me. And like, I, I'm not a violent person at all, but I don't view it as violence. I view it as like, we all know what we're getting ourselves into. And you know, the strategy of it all, I love, I think it's such a fucking competitive sport. And it really speaks to my competitive nature.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, who would you say, or what is your biggest influence both in work and in life?
0: Holy shit. Mm -hmm. That's so broad just because I have so many.
1: Yes. But what Um, would you say are your top dogs?
0: Oh, fuck, dude. I don't even know. I mean, like, everything I've accomplished to this day has been an, an, like, absolute result of my son who passed. Uh, Before he passed, I wanted to just make him proud. I wanted to fucking have my name cross his ears everywhere he goes. Whether he would understand it or not didn't matter. And, you know, I've had so many influences along the way, so many people that are so fucking intelligent, it's unreal. Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of the smartest cats on the fucking planet as far as I'm concerned. Dwayne Johnson, very fucking hardcore work ethic that I always loved and I modeled my shit after Vince McMahon was somebody who never sleeps because the motherfucker works all the time and I love that that's my mentality 50 cent was the same way I'll sleep when I'm dead because right now I have that opportunity to fucking you know crush a dream man and and do what I do and live my dream out why would I sleep through that and I, I totally agree with that. And there's so many other people, man. It it just it never ends. There's so many people that are just so fucking intelligent. And that's the thing, is you pick parts of everybody. And you know, so anyone I, I always say, dude, anybody that fucking says that they are self-made this or self-made that bullshit, mm-hmm. nobody is self-fucking made. CT Fletcher, another huge inspiration to me, man. That dude fucking made me push myself so hard. I used to be 180 fucking pounds at six foot five, dude. Do you know how thin that is? Oh yeah. And then I became two sixty five, pure fucking muscle because that cat fucking whipped my ass with just motivation among other people of course but you know that it is what it is there's so many fucking influences out there you pick what you love about each one and you kind of mold yourself after that i think
1: perfect um going back to your mma career uh what is your favorite fighting style and you say your least favorite fighting style
0: i'm not into kicking like i'm i'm i love kickboxing But I'm not a kicking guy. Like I'm probably, and I don't want to give my shit away, but I'm probably gonna fucking nail you in the jaw with a right or ground and pound. I don't love the kicking thing, and I think it weirds me out to think about like dudes kicking somebody so hard that they break their own fucking leg and shit like that. It just weirds me out, and it just I don't know. For someone my size, it just feels unnatural. I'm a powerhouse type. Like I love powerlifting. I lift for power lifting, I lift for fucking strength building, and I lift for size. So I have all of that going. So, like, I will ragdoll you before I ever kick you, but then you never know. Maybe I will fucking kick you. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them guessing, right? <laughs> I ain't giving my playbook away, Well, dude.
1: absolutely. <laughs> yep. Um, what is your dream MMA match? I, th- I personally know the answer, but I think everyone's dying to know.
0: Brock Lesnar. 110% Brock fucking Lesnar out of sheer respect. That dude did so much great shit. Like just the way he went about getting in UFC, the fucking way that he didn't take no for an answer, he would not not be taken seriously. He lost his first fight and he blamed himself and no one else and said, "Man, I trained to not make that one mistake and then I made that one mistake." Because guess what? He's a fucking human being. And he humbled himself and realized, man, when you're in it, like you, you tell yourself, don't make that mistake. But when you're in it, it's so fucking hard to remember that kind of shit because you're so in the moment. And I loved that he was so humble and said, fuck it, I lost, but I hope it ain't over. You know, and I think the other one would have to be Derek Lewis.
1: <laughs> that
0: dude is my spirit animal. Cause guess what dude? more often than not? My balls was hot too. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel you.
1: Yeah, we hear you, Derek. Uh, what is? would you say is your most memorable fight?
0: Oh, that's easy. That is so easy. Like, I, I fucking will never forget the one with this dude that uh, was a friend of mine. He still is. Great guy. Built like a brick fucking shit house. This dude benches stupid amounts of weight. And I remember being, it was just, it wasn't even like an actual fight. It was more of a fucking, like, sparring match. But we go all out, and um, fucking he nailed me so hard in the face that I didn't realize. I sat down in the corner because the round was over, and I said to my trainer, dude, what the fuck's this guy's problem, man? Like, I'm going to go fucking nuts on this guy. What <laughs> the fuck is his problem? And he looks at me kind of weird is like, you know you're in a fight, right? And I just kind of shook my head. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I, it was almost like a concussion on the spot, but not quite. Where it's just, it, you know, you get leveled and you black out. And you're like, what the fuck is this guy's aggression about? Like, I didn't do anything to him. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, wait, you're in a fight. Do you even know where you are right now? I whipped his ass, by the way. And I, Shout out to him because he knows. Like, he, he was super cool about it after the fact that I beat him. And he hugged me and said, fucking, you're going to go far with this. And it's going to take a special kind of motherfucker to beat you. Because... I gave you everything, and I was like, don't sell yourself short, my dude. You hit, like, a fucking horse, dude. That shit rattled me something fucking awful. <laughs> but you, you grow up in an abusive home, right? Like, you're so used to a grown man wailing on you as a child that, like, now I'm kind of fucking hard to rattle. So, but he fucking gave it to me, dude.
1: Mm. Well... So, Tatnus, you're also an artist as well as a fighter. Um, what would you say is your favorite art form or medium?
0: Oh, shit. I used to love painting. I love graffiti. Um, I loved painting with acrylic paint, but then I got into Copic Markers. And those motherfuckers, because I grew up not reading comics, but, like, just loving the art of the comics. So they look so much like comic art if you know what you're doing and i've literally got a couple thousand dollars worth of fucking copic markers cuz these motherfuckers are 8 bucks a piece and i've got a shit ton of them and i do a lot of fucking art and i know people all I'll always ask me like oh do you sell your art no i don't i give it away i don't want people's money i don't need people's money i It's such a fucking enjoyable thing for me. It was such a therapy to me that if someone really appreciates it, like, fuck, I'll frame it in here. It's yours. You know, like, I'll never take someone's money for it. I just don't feel right about that. But I fucking love Copic markers. And I do love painting, but I just don't see myself going back to that after Copics because they're so fucking good. You know, Mm -hmm. but I think like art wise, like sometimes I'm in the mood to do portraits. Sometimes I want to do graffiti. Sometimes I want to do comic art. You know, uh, sometimes I get in a retro mood and I just want to do retro shit. So, all sorts of stuff, man. I don't limit myself.
1: Absolutely. Um, going to forward with that, who would you say is your favorite comic artist and tattoo artist?
0: Comic artist, um, I know it's a given to say Stanley because that's kind of where my, my influence started as a kid. I started drawing when I was like five or six but to go beyond that, I think 1996, I think it was, when I first discovered Spawn Comics, and McFarlane is so fucking dope, like, that dude's attention to detail made me up my game, and I was like, I need to do my art now with that kind of detail, and now it's fucking crazy that people always say to me, dude, your fucking attention to detail is absurd, and I'm like, I just smile because I think, I remember the first time, when people say that, I remember the first time I went with my buddy Andrew in 7th grade, I think it was, to a comic shop and I saw my first comic cover of a Spawn comic and I was like, the fucking detail on this is fucking unreal, dude, and I just like tripped out, you know what I mean, and I just needed that shit to take home, to draw, so I was like, I need to buy this, like, immediately. I would even get, like, Ren and Stimpy comics, because I was a huge fan of Ren and Stimpy. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'd flip through, and there would be uh, a picture ad full page for the Spawn video game. So, of course, there's a, a picture of Spawn, and I would sit and I would draw that picture, like, trying to get that whole, you know, attention to detail down, and it was such a blast.
1: Absolutely. Um, well, what would you say is your favorite movie
0: holy shit that is impossible
1: <laughs> I
0: I love movies so much it's stupid like I can't if you were to break that question up into categories I still couldn't do it really like comedy wise I have so many I love grandma's boy I love pretty much anything Will Ferrell does old school is so fucking good um you know horror wise I love Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street um I fucking love all sorts of movies, dude. Shawshank Redemption, so dope. Um, First Fast and Furious, super good. Uh, they started to get a little weird along the way, but I still watch them because fuck, why not? Uh, Evil Dead, Army <laughs> of Darkness, super good. Um, dude, I fucking love movies. Like, there's so many. They Live is one of my favorites ever. I love carpenter work, so you know anything John Carpenter does, I'm pretty on board with for the most part uh same with fucking you know West Craven kind of same shit uh but to pick one, I don't think I can. I think it's kind of like a mood thing
1: fair enough um so what of uh, going back to the podcast? Who would you say is your dream guest you'd love to have on the podcast one day, if possible?
0: Holy shit. There's so many. It's stupid. Um, I think I'm kind of close to one. And I've announced that before. Uh, but otherwise... Uh, shit, man. Um, Sean Morgan from Seether would be dope. I think, personally. Um, fuck. Corey Taylor, I think, would be dope. Um... Shit, man. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good question. Like any of the older like fucking pro wrestlers I think would be dope because they're such smart dudes. I'd love to fucking kick it with fucking Schwarzenegger and just kinda shoot the shit back and forth because he's so smart. Absolutely. He is such an intelligent dude. I would C T Fletcher I'd love to have. Uh there's there's a few for sure.
1: Absolutely. Joe
0: Rogan even, super dope. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, I'm going to go to a little more of a serious topic, and but I'm sure a lot of people are curious about. But can you tell us about your son and his condition he had? Um NKH. Oh,
0: fuck. Yeah. Um it's a tough one. Um there's so little information on NKH, but Madden was born in November and they basically told us he had 2 weeks to live, and this is a couple of years back now. And it was a fight. It was the fight of our lives, my ex and I, and I love her to death. I do. Um, things change. Tragedies change people. And, you know, we kind of broke. The two of us really fell the fuck apart. And we still loved each other very much. We still do, I think. I, I know on my end I do. I just, I, you know, once he passed, I think all communication was kind of, it's just hard. It's very hard to talk to somebody knowing that it just brings up a lot of memories of what will never be, because we had so many plans for this child, and then we're just pulled into a fucking very cold room one day, and they flat out say, so basically, here's what's going on with your child, and he's going to die. Deal with it. Like, you know, in not so many words, but almost, and... You know, we learned a little more. We researched more of the information than they gave us. It's a very rare condition that there's about 500 cases as we speak. And I follow every family that I can that deals with it and that goes through it. And I speak with them and I talk to them and I try to give them my story. And uh, this November, actually, my clothing line, Tatnus Coat, is going to be donating some clothing to a charity that is in the U.S., our neighbors in the U.S., that approached you know, uh, me, and we kind of talked, and I decided to volunteer to donate some clothing for them to raffle off for NKH Research charity money. And they, bless their hearts, fucking asked me, if it would be okay with me if they were to tell Madden's story at the event and I fucking was so stoked that like it just meant so much it truly did so NKH is a really extremely rare genetic condition and it's extremely rare because both parents have to carry the gene that causes it I strongly suggest you look it up because it could happen to any single one of you but I'd I, don't know how much further to go into that whole thing. It's, it's quite a big deal. Absolutely. And I mean, everything I do is for Madden and any family that goes through NKH right now. Like I try to reach out to them let them know it's not over just because textbook. you know, textbooks say that they have two weeks, this, that, and the other Madden decided his fight was over on his terms. Nine days after he turned two years old, in spite of them saying he had two weeks. So, I try to tell families, like, it's not over. You know, they don't have... NKH babies have their own agenda. They haven't read the textbooks, man. They they do what they fucking want to do, and they hang in there. So there's always hope.
1: Absolutely. Um, why don't you tell us about your other business ventures? Because I know you say Madden is a driving force behind everything that you do.
0: Yeah, well, Tatnus Co. started in 2016 because... Madden was conceived and I wanted him to have a business to take over so I started this clothing line and it was like so ground up it was my ex and I kind of you know she was doing the IT stuff because I am so illiterate with computer shit it's fucking unbelievable so she did all the cool shit that like I didn't know how to do I learned how to do all the like computer generated graphics and shit because like I turned my art into computer generated shit and to put it on clothing and I designed everything fucking from the ground up. I did all the sales, I did all the research. I did fucking everything in terms of like the creative. I I reached out to so many people, I got models, you know to model the clothing, to do everything. I've done interviews regarding it. Um, it, It was just crazy. It just kind of fucking, like, we were doing this in Ontario, Canada, in the fucking shithole basement apartment we were living in, and now look where I'm at. It's so weird, but it was all for him, man. It was, you know, even after he was diagnosed and I was like, okay, he's not going to be able to take over this business. Because even if he survived to be, like, 30, they said he'd never walk or talk. His brain would be so just fucking ravaged by this condition that he can't do all that shit. So, um, every year, Christmas, you know, I decided Tatnusco is going to fucking donate a bunch of gifts, brand new, to children that couldn't afford, you know, whose families couldn't afford to give them a Christmas in honor of Madden because... It's so important. If he his condition didn't allow him to appreciate the toys and whatnot, I thought it was kind of something important to do that in his honor. These children can appreciate those things. And I've helped so many fucking families right now. It's crazy, and it just makes me so happy. So, you know, the clothing line kind of facilitated all that.
1: Absolutely. Um, you were in the restaurant industry at one point. Um, You owned a bar. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was... Before college, I was 30, <laughs> or 29 even, and high school dropout, fucking just never going to be told that I'm not going to do shit, and so I was in the restaurant industry, and as a manager, and a head chef, and all this, and I always said I'd never do that kind of work, never, too stressful, find myself in a position where I really fucking need it, and I need the work, that's who calls me, I jump on the job, day two, I become manager, And then, you know, before you know it, they close their doors because of financial shit. It's a small town, whatever. And they bring me over to the bar across the parking lot in the plaza and said, hey, you guys want to turn this around? This is your guy. I'm always in their debt for that, where they fucking said this guy knows business and he will turn this around. So they spent a couple weeks with me just kind of negotiating and I took over the bar. And it was a blast, but it really weighs on your relationship Madden's mom and I were together And she kind of got agitated because she had, you know, college And I'm spending 17 hours, 7 days a week at my fucking, you know, business (laughs) The money's great, but the time isn't there To, like, spend with your fucking loved ones and shit And it just, it wasn't, you know, in the end It wasn't a lifetime decision It wasn't what I wanted to do forever But it was a blast, dude
1: How about your tattooing business you did?
0: I have a love-hate relationship with that shit. I love art and I love tattooing. But here's the problem with that is all of a sudden when you get into tattooing and the word gets out that you're doing that shit, suddenly you got 900 fucking best friends that didn't want nothing to do with you, you know, when you had nothing and nothing going on. But now they see a way for them to save a bunch of fucking money. So now you got cousins coming out of the woodwork fucking acting like, you know, they give a shit about you even though they haven't spoken to you in the majority of your fucking life. You got all these fucking so-called friends that, you know, You give them a discount price and they still want it free, you know, but that's not enough. They want you to do their friends for free, too, because they fucking made promises behind your back that, oh, no, he's cool. He'll do it. And then you get the people that you don't know that fucking will book shit with you and then not show up. This is before deposits, right? So it's what makes deposits necessary. So, yeah, love-hate relationship, man. I've met, met some super cool people and heard some really cool stories, but, you know. It, it, there's a lot of negative shit that comes with it too.
1: What's the strangest request you've ever had for a tattoo?
0: That's so easy. The most bizarre thing ever is I had this weird keychain, that was kind of funny. It was a bear in a devil costume and on the front of his devil costume it said I'm horny and he had a boner. And this fucking kid comes to me and was like, "I want that. I want a picture of that keychain on my leg." So, he wanted a fucking stuffed bear with a boner for no fucking reason whatsoever on his leg. And I'm like, are you on crack?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Like, what did your mom do fucking meth when she was pregnant with you? Like, you're going to regret that in like two days when your friends don't find it funny anymore.
1: Wow. That'd be
0: irresponsible of me to do it.
1: Oh, so I guess you didn't go through with that, I'm hoping.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of fucked up.
1: Mm hmm. so another form of art you've dabbled into is video game creation why don't you tell us about your video game you've been working on that
0: was so fucking fun and stressful all at the same time and i gotta give madden's mom credit she did a lot of the it stuff i put out in creative what i wanted and i tried to do as much hands-on as i could by myself but there's a lot of frustration that comes along with it that i was like you do it you're the fucking nerd she's (laughs) she's so far from it (laughs) she's like so gorgeous it's stupid she's like model material but just happens to be smart you know and new computer stuff and I was like always in awe of how much she knew and she's like I don't fucking know much and I'm like sure you do Maybe I just that stupid when it comes to technology that I don't know fucking rat shit from Rice Krispies, but she knew so fucking much that it impressed me. And by her standards, I, you know, she probably didn't know fucking shit except for the basics. Right. Mm -hmm. And the basics are so over my head. But I mean, here I am now. I do the editing for this show. I think I do. All right. I hope Mm -hmm. so. You know, I kind of took over your spot as a producer and I'm like, fuck you. I'll do it myself.
1: You did. Thanks a lot, sir.
0: (laughs) I like to learn, right? Absolutely. And then I started to enjoy it. So,
1: On that topic, uh, what's your favorite video game?
0: Shit, that's another one. It's like movies. It's really hard to pick. Uh, Right now, I think the longest running favorites of mine would have to be the Far Cry games. Mm -hmm. And the Fallout games, honestly. Um, I love sports games, but they do get repetitious. So I do take a step back from them, but fallout. There's just so much to explore and far cry. There's so, so much story to it. And there's just so much to explore that I truly enjoy it. And I find that I get right into it. The resident evil games, same deal. I, the replay value alone is fucking phenomenal. Like I can go back and, You know, I'm a completionist, man. I try to get as much done achievements and shit as I can. Trophies, whatever the fuck system you use. You know, it'll be called different shit. But Mm -hmm. um, So I really enjoy those games, like hardcore. I love all the Fallout games. And I certainly love all the Far Cry games. They just get better and better in my view.
1: Absolutely. Uh, What is your biggest pet peeve?
0: Holy shit! How much time you got? Um, <laughs> fuck, dude. Uh, I would have to say it's kind of a combination of things: fake people, bullshit, fucking liars that you can't trust, and people just getting arrogant and forgetting that, like, no matter what you accomplish, like, I'm like I always said, dude, I'm just a dude with a really fucking cool job, you know. I can't stand the idea of somebody going on the internet and saying, oh, I met, you know, I met him somewhere and he was a fucking miserable cunt and just an absolute stuck up piece of shit. That fucking drives me nuts. That idea that I could come across that way to somebody. Thankfully, it's never happened yet. Everyone that has met me has said, dude, you're really fucking cool, man. You're super friendly. I love that shit. But, you know, yeah, you're going to get caught on a bad day once in a while. But I try to be humble and just know that, like, it's not their fault that my day is going to shit. I'm just a dude, man. You know, so I try to be cool with everybody. And fuck, dude, I've had people scream at their car, fuck Star Wars at me. And I just laughed and they realized, all right, this guy is fucking, you know, not ashamed of his fucking popularity. It's weird to me. I'll be the first to tell you it's fucking weird to me. To be acknowledged by so many people all over the fucking world and shit and to, like, think that I'm so known. I I don't feel like I deserve the the attention, honestly. But I don't let people see that it weirds me out because it's not their bag of shit. Mm -hmm. It's mine. I don't feel like I deserve the attention, but it doesn't mean they did anything wrong. So I'm grateful. Totally grateful. So I I try to be cool with everybody and just be like, hey, man, thank you so much. You know, because I do appreciate that support. But, it, you know, the idea of people acting like they're better than their fans and shit, it really fucking irks me. Mm. I think that's probably the biggest. is people losing sight of the fact that they're human fucking beings, too. Just because you got fucking a break, you know, and, and you're talented or whatever the fuck the case may be, doesn't mean you're better than the people that support you. Without them, you wouldn't be shit. Without these people, I wouldn't be shit.
1: Absolutely. I'm On that same note... What is the best celebrity encounter experience you've had and the worst?
0: I don't know if I've had a bad one, honestly. I've met some really cool people. You know, um, being Canadian and all, I met George Chavalo a couple times, who has been an absolute fucking gentleman of a human being. And just so genuine and just such a sweetheart of a guy. Um you know, he's so fantastic, and just so inspirational, I mean, this guy has lost everything, this guy has fought Muhammad Ali, and fucking was the only fucking pro boxer, and I know if you're not from Canada, you probably don't know this shit, and if you do know it, no offense, but like, let's be real, you have to be kind of a big boxing fan, if you're not from Canada, to know this information, because a lot of you know, people in the U.S. probably don't even know who the fuck George Chavalo is unless they're avid boxing fans. Then they know their shit. So for those of you that don't know, George Chavalo is a Canadian that I've met a couple times around here who lives in the areas that I grew up in. And he fought Muhammad Ali more than once, and Muhammad could never put him down. Not knocked out, not knocked off his feet, nothing. And if you look it up, he's even gone on record to say... He is the toughest man I have ever fought in my life, and no, I don't want to fight him again. George Shavala may have lost via decision, but he ended up going out that night dancing with his wife to celebrate a good fight while Muhammad Ali spent his next two nights in the hospital pissing blood. So he said, I may have lost the fight, but I damn sure don't feel like I lost it. You know what I mean? So he was such a sweetheart of a human being. And his story is very sad; He lost all his children to drug overdoses, lost his wife to suicide out of depression of losing his family. but instead of feeling sorry for himself, he went around to high schools and talked to you know high school kids about fucking not falling into the trap of drugs. So I think that truly is a fantastic you know fucking way to do things and a way to cope uh Anthony Corelli, another human being that I absolutely adore, such a great guy, meeting him was such a life changer. You may know him as Santino Morella. Fucking, you know, legend in my view. Uh, I don't think I've had a bad experience with, you know, meeting people. I don't, because I don't fanboy over human beings. I I don't, and I don't... That's why it's weird to me when people meet me and they're like, oh, blah, 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 and they're like, what? Why? I'm a dude, man. Like, I'm just a person. So... It always weirded me out when, you know, I'd come out of a fight and people would be like, oh, fuck, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, my assistant, my personal assistant, if you got time for this, um told me one time, she's like, dude, it's so funny because this chick came up to me and was like, oh, I met tag and blah, blah, blah. And she was so excited, just like talking my ear off about how much of a chill dude you were and that you just fanboyed out with her about, you know, one of your favorite fighters and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you got to meet him. He's so great. And she's like, of course, she doesn't know who the fuck I am, but I'm your personal assistant that she's talking to, mm-hmm. acting like I've never met you before. And yet we're tighter than fucking, you know. So thick as thieves and shit. And, you know, but she's like, I just let her have her moment, man, because that's what you would want. Like, it's cool to hear that, you know, from an outsider's perspective, they got to meet you. It's a big deal to them because you're such a big deal to them. And you were so nice to them. And you just like fucking fanboyed out with them and just because I'm a fan, too, man. You know, I'm still nobody in my view. I'm just a dude, you know. I just have fun and I get to do all kinds of crazy shit because I work so hard for it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, What is your idea of a perfect weekend?
0: Doing fuck all except for being in the gym. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's so boring, but if I could have gym in there somewhere, if I could have the gym... For like a few solid hours without my phone blowing up with messages and shit no phone calls no messages no fucking facebook messenger and just get a good four fucking solid hours of work at in i'm stoked and then maybe some beer afterwards hell if i can get laid that's great too but <laughs> I, if we're being honest and, and some food i love food mm. you know i'm not a picky guy man
1: Um, what is your favorite type of food and your favorite thing to cook? Because you are quite the chef.
0: Oh, dude. Um... Fuck, I love food so much. But I would have to say anything Mexican, honestly. Um, I love Mexican food so damn much. At this point, I mean, you know, the given the the normal, boring, fucking answers pizza. Who doesn't love pizza? Come on now. But if I really have to delve into this, and I love ethnic food of all types. I love Jamaican food so fucking much. It's like ridiculous. But I think I find myself eating Mexican food probably the most. It's just so good.
1: Mm Mm-hmm, much uh, as well. It's mine, (laughs) Alright. How about some tips for people wanting to get into weight training or just getting into the gym in general to better themselves?
0: Do it. Tip number one. Do it. Don't overthink it. Do not... Oh, this really agitates me, dude. This concept that people have, this misconception that like, oh, people are there to laugh at you and mock you and fucking you know, judge you and all this shit, that is so far from the truth, man. You go to any gym and nine times out of ten people are like a community where I I personally, if I see somebody doing something so incorrectly that they're going to hurt themselves, I will take the time to go and talk to them and be like, hey, man, you're doing it, you know, the wrong way and you're going to get hurt. Do it this way and you'll be fucking golden and I'll give some advice, friendly, you know. Like, I'm not too good for anybody. I I really get agitated if I do see the odd dickhead fucking laughing at somebody that's doing something wrong. Like, fuck, instead of making fun of the kid, why don't you correct him and fucking improve the situation so they don't hurt themselves? Mm -hmm. That irritates me. But it's so rare that people are that ignorant. So my advice would be, honestly, do it and... Don't lift with your ego. Lift with your fucking ability. And, and decide your goals. Clear and concise goals, honestly. Do you want to be bigger or do you want to be stronger? Because guess what? They're both two different fucking things. If you want to be a weight lifter, then you're going to lift the heaviest shit you can get. And that's your goal is to build up till you're lifting the heaviest thing they got. I do that. But I also train different ways. So if you want to get size and you just want to look fucking huge, lift lighter weight that's still challenging but something you can do so many reps that you get that blood pump because that's ultimately going to make your muscle grow uh lifting super heavy i've seen guys lift fucking 200 pounds and they're still small because it's about strength not size it's such a weird science that um people will argue you'll hear a lot of bro science best advice stay off the fucking internet you know what I mean, Uh, just don't, (laughs) just don't go to the internet for advice, it's terrible, it's the fucking worst, because it's so many theories that sound fantastic on paper, but it's because everyone has a book to sell, everybody has fucking, you know, YouTube videos, they want a billion hours worth of fucking, you know, viewership on, so they get paid, it's a simple science, if you're trying to lose weight, calories in versus calories out, fucking consume less than you burn, you will lose weight, period doesn't matter what it is you're eating. It's just a matter of, are you burning more calories than you are consuming? If so, you're going to see results. Are you eating enough when you're trying to grow your muscles? If so, you're probably going to see some fucking changes over time. You're probably going to see some mass gain and you're probably going to get bigger. So it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, Just stay off the fucking internet and talk to people that know what they're doing and don't spend money on personal trainers... Fuck it. Contact me at tatnispodcast at gmail.com, and I will fucking give you personal advice for free, but don't spend your money on personal trainers. Sorry, personal trainers, if that's what you do for a living. Some of you are probably fucking golden, but a majority are terrible. They don't care. They don't get paid enough to care. The gym gets paid fucking amazing, but the, the fucking personal trainers don't see a lot of money, honestly
1: unfortunately how about tips from the kitchen for these people wanting to get into weight training uh
0: eat eat clean honestly carbs are not the enemy carbs are not your enemy in spite of what you may have heard here's the deal man carbs are used for energy so therefore if you're going to lift you're going to need carbs for energy i suggest clean carbs like oats and, you know, pasta's good. Uh, sweet potato. Uh, things like that. White flour is the enemy. But too many carbs now. One gram of carbs holds three grams of water weight. So, therefore, you're going to put on some fucking water weight that looks like fat. It's not. But you want to make sure that you're only fucking consuming the kind of carbs that you're going to use for energy your your body also needs carbs after your workout to repair the muscle cells it's not just protein everyone thinks it's fucking just protein all the time but one gram of protein per pound of body weight is ideal sorry it's hard at 265 for me to get at least 265 grams of fucking protein in me is a struggle every day Mm -hmm. and i eat a lot of meat man i eat a lot of red meat i Do the protein shake thing. I don't recommend relying on protein shakes. It's not as good as real food. So eat clean, processed foods, no. And don't worry so much about the sodium because if your sodium is too deficient, your strength is going to go to shit as well. So best advice, just eat healthy, you know, ultimately. Make sure that you know what you're consuming in terms of carbs and protein, and that's a good start. And proper fats, of course.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like fish oils. Mm -hmm. Going back to your own personal life, uh, what would you say is your favorite place that you have lived? Because I know you lived in many, many different areas in your lifetime.
0: Oh, dude. I would have to say my all-time favorite is here in Nova Scotia, Canada, which is super beautiful. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, I'm a ghetto cat. Like, I grew up in the fucking ghetto in Malton, Ontario, Canada, which is... A rundown fucking place that is so ghetto beautiful in my view. It's a dangerous place. It's not a nice fucking place by that standard, sure. But it's home. I grew up there. I never had a problem. And I was one of, you know, the very few people that can say that. But uh, I loved it. And to me, it's still home. But it's changing too much now. All the places that I love that were like mom and pop shops are now becoming chains. Everything that gave it its charm. You know, there was such a multicultural food court in the mall. They went and changed it to all fucking chain stores now. Um, All the fucking food places that I love that were so, like, multicultural. So I could get the best of everything. Best Indian food, best Jamaican food. It's all become, like, a Tim Hortons and a fucking Subway. And eh, I'm over it. So I left. I said, fuck it, you know. And... I moved out to Nova Scotia, another couple provinces away, and it's the best fucking decision I ever made. It's beautiful out here. And this show gets so much support out here. It's unreal. So thank you guys so much, man.
1: Absolutely. It's crazy. Um, Another question. You have quite the collection of tattoos. What would you say is your favorite tattoo of yours, and what are some of the stories behind your ink?
0: My all-time favorite would have to be Madden's name on my forearm. Um, hands down. It was done so unbelievably well by somebody... So unbelievably talented. Allie B, thank you so fucking much. I love her to death, man. She is such a sweetheart, such a great human being, and did such an amazing piece. And it's so important to me. So thank you so fucking much for doing that. Um, I've got a lot, as you said. Mm -hmm. But... Obviously, hands down, Madden's name is the most important. And then I got a tribal bumblebee because the NKH symbol is bumblebees for the babies that, you know. And I wanted a badass fucking bumblebee to show what a badass fighter he was. He was a fucking warrior, dude. They gave him two weeks. He shoved two years down their throat. And nine days after he turned two said, okay, now I'm fucking done. And I'm going on my terms. I... So, could not be more proud of that child, dude. So, people feel bad for me and shit, and it's like, I don't. I mean, yes, it hurts. It hurts so much. But he's such a badass, dude. And he is such an inspiration to me. And I'm so fucking proud of him that, like... I I can't be feeling sorry for myself because as much as a, a fucking terrible loss as it was, it was on his terms. He decided when he was done. And he decided that his fight, he had nothing left to prove. So anything that reminds me of him, my body's kind of become a shrine to his memory, honestly. And I don't even care. Like, I wouldn't have it any other way. If that's weird to people, so be it. He was my everything. He's my warrior. So it's just my way of letting him know he'll never be forgotten
1: all right i want to go back into a little bit of the halloween spirit who is your favorite horror icon
0: shit you're gonna do this to me aren't you
1: oh you know it
0: well i gotta go back to my old school fucking you know my origins and have to say freddie <laughs> easily hands down uh first favorite for sure because i grew up with that like all the time in the 80s that was kind of like I was beaten over the head with Freddy, everything. I would sit and watch my cartoons on a Saturday morning, and then one of the commercials that would come on is like a Freddy hotline to call. In broad daylight, like, they would hit you with this shit in the middle of the afternoon on a weekend. They didn't care. They were milking that for all it's fucking worth. Then you go to, like, a store, and there'd be the Freddy talking dolls that got pulled off the shelves eventually because it was scaring children because people don't know how to be parents and are buying these things for their kids that are underage and fucking... It's saying pretty hateful shit that (laughs) makes them terrible terrified but second favorite would be myers for sure easy
1: no love for jason Voorhees? Uh
0: i mean i got a history with jason so mm-hmm. you know no love lost there but i don't hate him either uh i did feel sorry for him in freddie versus jason i'll give you that i felt bad for the motherfucker but uh not on the top of my list now sorry
1: mm-hmm. well and like you said we, we have I a mean, standpoint here
0: he's up there he's up there for mm-hmm. sure because i mean the guy's a fucking legend but, but
1: but to go with that like you said we have a policy here Fuck Roy.
0: Yeah. And I mean, going back to your other question way back, um, Kane Hodder would be someone I'd love to have on the show. Mm. I would fucking love to talk to him because he's such a brilliant actor
1: oh yes absolutely um well I think we will get to wrap this up but here's a question that I think a sh- lot of us are wanting to know where do you see yourself in the next year maybe 10 years
0: well if you ask certain people that know me they would suggest world domination is kind of <laughs> the route that I'm on I don't know about all that I mean it, it's funny to talk about and it's cool because every fucking day I wake up I've reached a new place that I've never been to before my show's been heard in places I've never been to and that's super cool mm-hmm. but I don't know I honestly don't know um the only thing I always said, the only thing that's for sure is that nothing's for sure. You know what I'm saying? I I just do shit that I decide is for me, and I will never sell out and do things that aren't me. I will never do something just because I can to make a payday. I will only do what interests me because it's true to who I am. So, it's hard to say. I mean, I've got a bio, an autobiography to fucking write still. Mm-hmm. That's kind of part of the deal that I agreed too, that I would do, um, there's a documentary I gotta do, um, that's kind of, like, in those weird stages, and a lot of shit, man, there's so much stuff I'm not done yet, you know what I mean, so one year from now, I have no idea, honestly, what's gonna be done, uh, MMA is still not off the table for me, I took some time away because of my son, you know, passing, and his condition leading up to that, but I'm obviously not forgotten about thanks to these awesome people, because, fucking, they're listening to my show, so they know who I am, And that's super cool that people aren't so quick to just write you off and move on to the next thing. Some people don't have the attention span of a fucking walnut these days, and that's fucking refreshing to see. So I thank everybody so much for the support. But to be honest, in one year from now, I could be doing all sorts of shit. I don't even know. I don't limit myself. That's the biggest advice I could give, is the only limitations you have are the ones you make for yourself in your head. When you start telling yourself you can't do something, man, then... You kind of shot yourself in the foot. So I don't limit myself. Whatever the fuck comes across my attention that strikes me as something I would be interested in attempting, I do it. And I don't stop until I succeed. Absolutely. So I really can't answer that. Like in a year from now, we're not promised tomorrow, man. So I can't fucking say a year from now what I'll be doing. But I know it won't be sitting around doing nothing.
1: Well absolutely. All right, well, here we are. We have learned some more facts about the man behind the madness, Tatniss himself.
0: Isn't it fucking crazy? I mean, you see a lot of what goes on. Oh, yeah. It's nuts. It is. And, you know, a lot of the questions come from, like, people, because I honestly i am terrible, and mm-hmm. I don't have time to answer all sorts of fucking questions. So it's cool to be able to kind of put that out there, because it's not that I don't want to, like interact with people or answer questions it's just life gets so overwhelming and there's so much personal stuff going on too that people don't know about So it's like, you got to find that balance and you want to like answer questions thoughtfully and not just, you know, fucking quick one answer, one word answer kind of deal. You want to put some thought into it Mm -hmm. and really address the question like you give a shit because I do. And so it's so important to me to feel like I've done them justice with they put in so much work and so much thought into the question. I want to kind of have an answer that reflects the same. And fucking answer people with a thoughtful answer. So they realize like they didn't just sit around wondering what to ask or sit and wonder about a question for so long that they finally get the guts to fucking ask you. And I get it, man, dude. Like I've done so many fucking interviews now that like people worry that, oh, you've probably been asked this a thousand fucking times. So it probably is just going to make you roll your eyes and bore you and all this crap. That's not true. Uh, Yeah, you get asked a lot of shit, but you know, when it comes from a specific person that genuinely wants to know the answer, I think it's cool to just kind of act like it's the first time you've heard the question and fucking really touch base with that person. I think it's so important that you touch base with your fucking fan base and your supporters because, again, without them, you're nothing. Mm -hmm. and you're just a human being with a cool job, and all these people make that possible for me to do what I do, and I love that shit, and I thank them so fucking much. And so, like, if they're going to take the time to think of these creative questions and ask me, you know, some pretty thought-provoking shit and some thoughtful shit that they've put a lot of fucking time and thought into... I think the fucking answer should definitely match the question and not just be like a one word answer or some fucking nonchalant bullshit that I pull off the top of my head and hit them with some boring fucking answer, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying my answers today have been like groundbreaking, you know? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Mexican food, real fucking exciting. Mm-hmm. But. I mean, I love Mexican food. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What do you want from me, man? I'm human. Hey. You know, like, I would love to come up with, like, some big fucking fancy, you know, answer, but I love Mexican food, dude. Like, of any kind.
1: Oh, yeah. Hit me
0: with a fucking enchilada or a burrito or something, and I'm so jazzed. I'll be your best friend for life, honestly.
1: Shout out to Habaneros in Nova Scotia. Holy
0: fuck, are they ever good. Burrito Boys in fucking Ontario and Habaneros in Nova Scotia. I mean, no matter where I go, whatever I call home, y'all got me covered, and I'm so grateful. (laughs) But honestly, I would love to go to Texas and get some fucking solid Mexican food. Mm -hmm. Because I hear they got some phenomenal joints out there. Shout out to Steve Austin, who fucking rubs that in my face every motherfucking day. (laughs) One day I'll get out there, man. Mm -hmm. I'll get out there, and I'll try that food for myself, and I'll be like, damn it, he's right. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) All
1: right. All right. So, until the next time, thank you, everyone. I'm Blue, and this is your man behind the madness, Tatniss.
0: And as for the uh, announcements, in the near future, I'll be doing giveaways on behalf of tatness Co. Clothing to give some listeners who have been super supportive something for free. So... Again, go to the Facebook page, Tatnus Podcast Facebook page. Like that shit. Drop a fucking comment on the, the main wall on the timeline. Let me know you're listening. And you will be entered immediately. No questions asked. No fucking obligation to you. No shipping. None of that hidden fee bullshit just free shit and you'll be entered automatically into a draw and at some point i will let you all know when that draw is gonna take place and just watch for your name and you will be contacted directly but you gotta like the page first man so i know you're listening but thanks again for everything man you guys are fucking crazy awesome and loyal and i love it and i'm constantly reaching new parts of the world because you guys just keep talking about the show and i dig that so i know this ain't halloween shit man but i just wanted to give you guys a little something to fucking touch base so you feel like you know something about the person you know what I'm saying and not just the fucking public figure talking at you you know I have wanted to kind of be able to hang with you guys a little bit and you know distance obviously makes that real fucking difficult to Mm kind of just chill with your fucking fan base and touch base but one day I will be out in all your parts of the fucking world man and if you see me and you fucking recognize me come say what's up and let me buy you a drink man and I think it'd be cool let's go to a fucking Mexican joint get some food or something
1: hell yeah
0: Uh, Ireland you'll be the first on the list because fuck knows I already had planned to be hitting Ireland in the fucking future so oh, you see me out there, like I said before, come say what's up, let me buy you a beer, man. And uh, we'll talk, you know. I, I'm not a stuck-up person, I'd like to think, so anybody who fucking recognizes me while I'm out, come say hello, man. Let's, let's shoot the shit, you know. We'll fucking love to hear from you. So, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, for the distance, this lets me do that kind of shit with people and all you guys that support the show and show you how grateful I am and it lets me fucking touch base with you guys the best of my ability due to the distance and at least it lets you feel like you know something about the guy that you're supporting because I'm just a dude. Just like all y'all, man. I'm just a human being with a cool job. So thanks so much, man, for making it such a blast to do and making it worthwhile and for caring about someone that no one else gave a fuck about, man. That's really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you next time.
0: Have a good one, man. I'll catch you guys later. <laughs>